Long History, After Magellan, Part 8, Urdaneta's Journey Home. Hello everyone and welcome to Episode 8 of Long Histories After Magellan, the first document we are looking at in our series called Forgotten Voyages. This voyage was the first Spanish expedition to attempt to reach the Spice Islands after Magellan's famous journey. It was initially headed by Commander García Jofre de Loaiza, although he died in the Pacific in an earlier episode. This account was written by Captain Andrés Durdaneta, a friar and explorer who took part in the expedition. The journey began on the 24th of July 1525 and Durdaneta's account continues to include his decade on the Spice Islands before his return to Europe in 1536. The original Spanish has been exclusively translated for long history. And so, after 10 years away from home as part of the Loaiza expedition, the friar and explorer Urdaneta, who wrote this document, finally leaves the Spice Islands in this episode. Only 17 Spaniards from the original expedition eventually left Maluco to return to Spain. After endless scuffles with the Portuguese in the area of the Spice Islands, the Spanish eventually made peace and, learning that the Spanish king had ceded his claim to the islands to the Portuguese, the Spanish asked their fellow Europeans to help them to get home in the previous episode. The Portuguese agree. Some of the Spanish have already begun their journey home. But as this episode begins, Urdaneta begins his journey home. He goes via Portuguese India in a ship captained by Lisuarte Cairo. The pilot and I left the islands of Maluco in the company of the said Lisuarte Cairo on the 15th of February 1535. Arriving in Banda on the 5th of March, where we came across two Portuguese ships that were being loaded with nuts and mace. There are seven Banda Islands where nuts and mace can be found. There is no other place in the world other than this where the said nuts and mace can be found. They are gathered in great quantities. These Banda Islands are 80 leagues from Maluco and they are at a height of 4 degrees on the southern side. The Indians of these islands are helpful men, great friends of the Castilians and of the King of Tidore. During our times of prosperity in Maluco, the groups always treated each other well, and when the Portuguese took our fort, six or seven junks came from Banda to Tidore to help us to take and rob the Portuguese. As we were in Banda, Kichil Katarabumi came with an armada from the said islands, and Kichil Tidore spoke with us with tears in his eyes. He said that if God were to see fit, we should venture to those parts again. Your Serene Majesty should be informed of the great servants of Your Majesty that the King of Gilolo and of Tidore had been, and of how, by supporting the people of Your Majesty, the Portuguese had destroyed them. He begged Your Majesty to remember those people, his vassals, and to send an armada so that they, with the support of Your Majesty, could escape this captivity, because the Portuguese had treated everyone on those islands very badly, especially those who had shown themselves to be servants of Your Serene Majesty. This Kichil Tidore is a chief gentleman of Gilolo and a blood cousin of the king, as well as the best friend that we had in Maluco, a wise and discerning man. Kichil Katarabumi similarly spoke with tears in his eyes, even though at one time he had been our enemy. He said that he had wanted to speak with me, but hadn't dared because of the Portuguese, and because I knew well he had worked with them, which was enough. He only begged that I would tell your majesty about them when I was seen. As we had been about to depart the island of Ternate, a gentleman of the king of Tidore, called Bayanu, told me that the king had sent him to me to say that he wanted to write to your serene majesty, but he did not dare to do so because the Portuguese might find out. He asked me, because he trusted me, to receive what he wanted to say in secret, which was to beg your serene majesty on the part of the king of Tidore to remember 
that because of the support he, his vassal, had given to your majesty's people, the Portuguese had destroyed his lands and killed most of the people on the island of Tidore, and that they treated them terribly every day. And all this because the said king of Tidore had gathered your majesty's people and boats on his lands, not just Juan Sebastián del Cano and Espinosa, your majesty's captains, but also us. And thus, that your majesty sent to those, his lands, as the powerful prince that he is, a forceful armada, so that they could be freed from this hardship and so your majesty could do his duty to them by throwing the Portuguese out of those islands. And that, if your majesty's armada came, no one in the islands of Maluco would oppose them, because everyone desired to be of your majesty and to serve him. The king of Ternate and all his people, upon seeing your majesty's armada, would rise up against the Portuguese, along with those of Maluco and Banda. We were on the Banda Islands until the month of June, waiting for the weather. Leaving during this said month, we arrived at Java, in the port of Panaruca, where we spent some time taking on supplies. From the Banda Islands to the said port of Panaruca, there would be around 250 leagues, being at around 7 degrees more or less. This island of Java is in the southern band, and is a very large island with many supplies, not just of rice, but also of buffaloes, cows, goats and chickens, and the Indians make a very good beverage with a coloured rice. There is also a great deal of palm wine, there is also a great deal of game for hunting, and there are also horses. On this island of Java there is a lot of gold, which they take to sell in Malacca. The Portuguese also come from Malacca to the said islands to trade. The Portuguese are always in this city of Panaruca, because the king is a good friend of theirs. The people of this island are very warlike and treacherous. They have a great deal of bronze artillery, which they themselves have founded, along with shotguns. They also have lances like ours, very well made, although the irons are different. They also have many other arms, such as bows and crossbows, darts, and they generally always all carry daggers on their belts. They use carts a lot, like they do here, and these carts are pulled by buffalo. In this land they also make many junks, with which they sail to many places. They also have some rowboats, which they call calaluces, which are used a lot. We also saw that they were making and have made many fuster boats like ours, having obtained the plans for Portuguese fuster boats. The Indians of this kingdom are Gentiles. In this Java are powerful kings, both Gentiles and Moors, the main one being the king of Dema, who is a Moor and is constantly at war with the Portuguese. This king rules over the Zunda pepper. This Zunda pepper is destined for China and is better than the pepper of Portuguese India because it is thicker. Pepper is worth a great deal in China. We left the port of Panaruca for Malacca and arrived at the end of July of the said year of 1535. From Panaruca to Malacca there were around 200 leagues more or less. In this town of Malacca the Portuguese have a fortress with more than 500 men. It is a very valuable land because many junks and ships from all parts go there, from Maluco, Banda and Timor, with a great deal of sandalwood, and all of Java and Sumatra, as well as all of India, Zeylan, Paliacata, with a great deal of cotton clothing, and from Bengala, where the finest cotton clothes are made, which are produced in all parts. They also go from Pegu, taking supplies and rhinestones and musk, and from Pera, who trade a great deal, as well as from many other rivers and lands which are near to Malacca, containing a great deal of gold and tin, especially from Zumatra, who bring more gold than from any other part, and it is very high quality gold. When we were in Malacca, 
there was a day when seven quintals of gold were sent from Sumatra to Malacca by traders. A great deal of gold also goes to Malacca from Siam and from Patani and Burni and Camphor. Also, there is a great deal of trade with China, particularly of a great deal of porcelain, as well as many types of silk, as well as musk and other very valuable things. China, according to the Portuguese that have been there, is the best thing there is in those parts. In this episode, Urdaneta first travelled to the Banda Islands, which are in today's Indonesia. There he met with some old allies who pleaded with Urdaneta to ask for help from the Spanish king. Urdaneta then heads to Java and then on to Malacca in today's Malaysia. This episode ends with Urdaneta well on his way home and in the next episode he finally makes it back to Europe, but there is some bad news along the way. So that's it for episode 8, Urdaneta's journey home. Thanks everyone for listening. There are two episodes left in this particular document, so don't forget to subscribe to be notified of when they're released. Please like the episode to help promote it. Thank you for listening and goodbye.